Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. The Drew Locke Day 1 experiment is now moving into Day 2, or if you will, Game 2, as Drew Locke and the Broncos offense take on the Houston Texans this weekend in Drew's debut on the road. So, going to discuss that, how we believe, at least, the Denver Broncos young quarterback will do. And then with Drew Locke's play, at least after week one or game one for him, how does that affect the Denver Broncos draft strategy? And I say we because I bring in Zach Zach Seegers, our regular contributor to MileHighSports.com for, of course, the Broncos and draft talk. Uh, Zach, where can they follow you on Twitter? And uh, what do you have lined up this week on articles? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Z-A-C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. And then this week in terms of content, I just wrote a What's on Draft looking at uh, you know, how this Drew Locke debut impacts the Broncos offseason plans. And then I'm also doing a lot of preview content for this upcoming Texans game looking at PFF and uh, other analytics sites as well as just what the keys to the game are. Very good. And of course, it's all presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Go on up there. Even on a colder, chilly day, that rooftop is heated. And of course, they've got some great spirits, great whiskeys, great bourbons. Those are my favorites. You go on up there, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and jump away from Coors Field. Tap 14 on the web. Spell out the word 14 for me, tap14.com. That is tap14.com. Let's start with this game against the Houston Texans this weekend. This is a Denver Broncos team that, look, I think many people would argue that they're better than their record states. But, of course, a new transition in quarterback. Look, it, it went well at home for the most part against a Chargers team that I think has some nice talent on defense. But overall, this a Chargers team where uh, they've had a real underwhelming year, and quite frankly, their offense was not being as high-powered as Houston is. Now, of course, the dynamic changes from home versus road. They travel to a very good Houston Texans team, who is, by the way, still very much in the thick of a division playoff race, and a quarterback who could not be any hotter than Deshaun Watson. How do the Denver Broncos attack this? And let's start on offense with uh, Drew Locke and how they attack Romeo Cornell's defense and what they need to do to be successful. I think what they need to do is throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. Put this game in Drew Locke's hands. Uh, The Texans offense, like you said, Deshaun Watson's playing about as hot as he possibly could. Uh, They've got Will Fuller back. They've got um, DeAndre Hopkins. They've got a running game that's rolling now. You're not going to win this game 17-16 to 16, like the Broncos have kind of wanted to win in games this year. You're going to have to outscore the Texans, and that means throwing the ball. 
there have been teams that have gone into Houston and have gone, hey, let's run it down their throats, try to keep Deshaun Watson off the field. And the Texans are good at defending the run. They can uh, load up the box and they can shut the run down. And they've whooped up on teams that have tried to beat them that way. If the Broncos are going to win this game, you know, that very small percentage they have, uh, it's got to be putting the ball or putting the game in uh, Drew Locke's hands and, uh, you know, hoping he can show us something. So how many reps do you want to see Drew Locke for the football? Oh, uh, I think in terms of reps, it, it'd be fine. I'd say more than he did last game. So what, he had 28 attempts last mm-hmm. game? So, I'm thinking 35, 40, 40 passes this week. I wouldn't hit 40. I'd say, you know, 30 to 35 is that sweet spot. But unlike in that Chargers game, he completed 65% of his passes, really good completion percentage, but still had under five yards in attempt. That tells you that just about everything they're asking him to do is a screen or a quick out or a slant and, and really is just the supplement to the run game. Uh, I, I think this is a weak Houston secondary. It's one of the worst in football. They also don't have a good pass rush with uh, J.J. Watt being injured. Um, you want to exploit that, and you don't exploit that with the running game. You exploit it by dropping back and having some long-developing concepts. Like, Locke might make a mistake here and there, but he's a, he's a boomer-bust quarterback. You know, he's going to, and that means as a prospect and on a snap-to-snap snap basis. I don't think he's the, you know, 401k, put your money in, safely get returns out. He's the penny stock where he's going to make a big electric play and he might make a boneheaded play, but better you make that boneheaded play now in a season that doesn't matter where you can learn from that mistake and uh, continue to develop. And look, certainly with this Broncos team, I I think nobody's going to argue the fact that they're just not as good as the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are just a better team. But certainly, look, can we look at certain things that uh, other teams have done in the past uh, and see if we can correlate a potential theme of what could potentially expose the Houston Texans? Not really. You know, they, we've seen games where uh, opponents have really tried to throw the football against the Houston Texans to not a ton of success. I mean, look... Um, Tom Brady last week uh, just did not look good in in throwing multiple times against the Houston Texans. But that Patriots offense is anemic. Oh, absolutely. But, but then there's uh, two weeks prior when Indianapolis ran the ball to the tune of 175 yards. That still couldn't get it done against the Houston Texans team. So I, I think this is a very well balanced Texans team that's going to really make some noise in the postseason once they finally get there. You know, I, I chalk this up to being a very conventional road game. First of all, the Denver Broncos got to get turnovers. That's that's really the bottom line is they got to steal possessions away from Houston. And then when they have the possession, third down. I actually thought Drew Locke looked very nice on third down. It, he did. That was one of the most impressive things. Absolutely. A money down for quarterbacks where, uh, look, you've got to stay on the field. You've got to keep their defense on the field. And you got to keep your off uh, your defense off the field as well. And the ability to convert on third down in different situations is so critical to make some money as a quarterback. And I thought Drew Locke in his debut, look, everything going a million miles an hour, it is starting to slow down for him. And you can clearly see that. I remember going back to the Hall of Fame game against the Atlanta Falcons where it just looked like Things were going at a blur. It was like he was standing in the middle of a highway just trying to dodge cars. And look at the difference against a San- again uh, a Chargers team, an L.A. Chargers team that had a Derwin James coming back, a 
Bosa. Joey Bosa, some really good talent. Melvin Ingram, Casey Hayward. And look, he had no hesitation to throw towards Casey Hayward. He had no issue handling the pass rush. And again, it goes back to, and, and this is why I say, you know, offensive line is so important, but the quarterback is everything. Because look at the difference of how the offensive line played when you had a quarterback that, you know, look, drops back, throws the football. It's all out of his hands. It's a big deal. Going back over the the game tape from that game, what, what really impressed me, and I haven't been seen get enough talk about, is uh, that second touchdown. Of course, the first one, Cortland Sutton made an incredible play. It was a good throw, and, and that's the highlight reel play. But that second lock touchdown in the first quarter was even more impressive, at least from a quarterback yeah, standpoint. Yeah, look, Mobile. He, he did. He broke grew. the pocket and and found the open guy. No, but even before the play, I mean, I think it shows how he's developing to the NFL game. He comes up and Cortland Sutton is bracketed on the play by uh, I, I think it's Hayward and James, but James is over there double covering Sutton on this third and goal situation. Uh, then after they line up, uh, James comes over, moves like he's he's showing blitz. Locke recognizes that and diagnoses it. Realize, hey, I don't have Sutton in double coverage anymore. Third down, I'm throwing to my best player here. And hits him open in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. That's the stuff you don't often see from rookies. That and, uh, you know, of course, on the first one, he changed Sutton's route there. I mean, uh, the mental stuff and, and, and the adjustment to the NFL game is one of the things you were most worried about with Locke. And he's passing that with flying colors. He couldn't be doing be- any better in that area of the game, in my opinion. Yes, but certainly just a game, so it uh, shouldn't get excited about it, because look, we've seen uh, very bad quarterbacks uh, look awful in their first game, then all of a sudden start to really turn it on, and vice versa, a really good performance to start, and then start to flander down. So, uh, look, a loaded NFL market uh, for quarterbacks coming up in 2020 that could interest Denver and you're going to hear this discussion constantly of uh, many different quarterbacks, whether to pursue in free agency or the draft. But, of course, Drew Locke, I, I think it's his job to lose. I think that's the, the best and accurate way to describe it is the idea is that if they continually see somebody like Drew Locke in the first half for, you know, and again, I, I, I've said this on the podcast before, you don't have to have a great game to show flashes of potential quarterback status. And I think this most recent game against the Chargers was a perfect example. That first quarter was a dominant first quarter by a quarterback who was just coming off a long stint of being injured, uh, practicing for a short period of time, and then again, having no experience. And yet he absolutely carved up the Chargers defense and looked like he was doing it for years. And that's the that's the most important important thing that I always look for in a quarterback is the idea that, hey, he doesn't look like he's he looks like he belongs. He looks like he belongs, and he looks like a guy who was meant to be out there and is certainly making plays. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. So, as we kind of mentioned, the draft in that 2020 market for quarterbacks, how does Drew Locke's performance affect what the Denver Broncos are going to do? That's next. So, again, welcome back. Broncos Blitz Podcast, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. Zach Seegers joining me on the podcast today to discuss the Broncos' plans and how maybe they'll change with Drew Locke. Look, nice little start against the Chargers, but the fact of the matter is that he did have a poor second half. You, of course, have been writing a, a What's On Draft article for, uh, oh gosh, the past couple months now. And so you're very familiar with who's coming out on the draft potentially free agents. Uh, first of all, let's discuss Locke and his status for 2020. Feels like to me that 
as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast, this is Drew Locke's job to lose. Would you agree? Absolutely. Uh, I don't think, again, you never want to burn a second round pick. I know he wasn't a first round pick quarterback, but you still don't want to burn a second round pick uh, in the second year of that player's career, unless it's a disaster. I mean, they didn't do it with the Marcus Walker who couldn't even get on the field. And I think uh, giving up on Locke this soon, you'd only, uh, just to draft another quarterback, is something you'd only do if Locke was a disaster. And he clearly isn't that. You can argue about whether or not he's a star, if he's going to be a starting quarterback in the league for a long time, but he's definitely not a bust. And, and like you were saying, we saw enough flashes, especially in that first quarter, that there's something worth developing there. Um, and the Broncos shouldn't just uh, go... Uh, keep drafting quarterbacks over and over and over again. They might've finally found one. And I think uh, I'd be stunned, honestly, if they drafted a quarterback um, and not just high in the draft. I mean at all because uh, John Howay has this quarterback bugaboo hanging around him, his entire general managing career. And it finally appears he's found one. I don't think he wants to uh, keep that narrative going by keep uh, taking shots at quarterbacks, drafting more quarterbacks. Uh, secondly, they're happy with their backup and third string in practice squad situation. They like Brett Rippon as a backup quarter or like a practice squad quarterback. Brandon Allen showed he can be a backup quarterback on the cheap. And they still have to find a way out of that Joe Flacco contract that they foolishly restructured this season. Uh, I don't see them adding a fifth. So they already got four they have to sort out. I don't see them adding a fifth to that mix. That seems silly to me. So I think that's the first thing we can take uh for sure, out of uh, Drew Locke's play. They're not going to draft a quarterback at all in this year's coming draft. Yeah, I'm going to tweak what you said a little bit because I'm in belief that you should take a quarterback every single year, uh, no matter what. It, whether it, And again, it doesn't have to be a high asset, but uh, at least in the fifth, sixth round somewhere, I'm taking a quarterback every year because I, I want to establish this New England Patriots situation where it's like, okay, well, we're going to take a guy and maybe he starts to make waves through uh, channels and looks really, really great in practice. And then, of course, you have a great insurance situation, but then you could always deal away a Jacoby Brissett or you could deal away Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, more importantly, you are always shored up at the most important position in football. But obviously, look, I, Drew Locke's job to lose, I, I don't think this is a situation. I believed in Drew Locke since day one. I, I believe he is an absolute stud in the making. So I don't think you need to dip into free agency or a, a high asset in the draft because now you're beginning to see it. And this is why I've said that Drew Locke needs to see the field as much as possible in as many scenarios as possible because this flash that we saw, this potential is immediately now taking the idea of spending a first round pick and saying, you know what, it's not it's not a good idea. It's not a good investment anymore because uh, this this idea that somebody's going to come in as a turnkey starter while sexy, you already have your guy, and that's Drew Locke. And so it now you can utilize that first round pick and first overall pick, or, or uh, I should say their first overall pick, um, whether it be... 7, 10, I mean, they're currently slotted at 11, could be higher, could be lower, but somewhere in that range, that's going to be in perfect range for maybe a Jerry Judy, uh, maybe they trade down, and may maybe it's LaVisca Chenault out of Colorado, I don't know, but the point being is that you're putting talent around the guy that has showed flashes, and now you're being a little bit more efficient with what you're trying to do as a team, as opposed to saying that, well, we don't know, and so maybe we now have to take a quarterback. 
Absolutely. And and the the whole philosophy around drafting a quarterback every year, I think, is a really smart one. And uh, one I agree with, I think it just gets messy with just how many quarterbacks the Broncos already have in that room. And, you know, how do you get all those guys reps? Uh, trying to get Joe Flacco off the roster, right? I think and then, they are going to take that $23 million. Uh, that may be something they have to eat. That's what I'm thinking. They might have to eat that. And, and that'll hurt you when... Again, you talk about surrounding Drew Locke with talent, and I think that is the the formula we've seen work. You get this young franchise quarterback, and the moment you think he's a franchise guy, you go, you spend money, and you try to take advantage of him while he has a a, a cheap contract and build a studded team around him, like uh, uh, the Rams have done, the Eagles have done, uh, getting to the Super Bowl um, with that formula. And I think that's what you, you'll see the Broncos do in the draft. To your point. They need offensive line help, especially at tackle, desperately. Uh, maybe you feel better about taking a tackle late and having Munchak develop him, but tackle's a top priority to protect Drew Locke. You've just found this quarterback. You don't want him getting injured again. Uh, also, they need a second wide receiver. I think I feel good if I'm the Broncos about my tight end situation moving forward with Fant. I know this has been an up-and-down rookie season, but him and Hireman the next few seasons should work better together, and that's a strong tight end room, I think. Uh, wide receiver core and offensive line, though, leave a lot to be desired. And you got to help out your young quarterback. When he's a veteran later on, you can give him a, a lesser receiver core, less of offensive line. But right now, when he's getting started out, you need to surround him with as much talent as possible. And certainly, look, the bigger picture is probably going to come into play here with the idea of, and I will still continue to beat this drum, I, I am not impressed with the offensive coordinator right now. Um, and if Scangarello is the second-year offensive coordinator, which I think most people expect him to be, then you're looking at more of a Emmanuel Sanders, you know, shifty, agile, uh, somebody who can just move the sticks type wide receiver. But uh, that could change based on the coordinator that you bring in. I mean, maybe you just want to bring in another big Titan to to line up next to Cortland Sun and run an Eric Coriel offense. I don't know. But certainly there could be um, many ways that Denver could go with that through the draft. I should, uh, before we get out of here, I should note that ESPN just released a article that talked about quarterback market early predictions for 16 quarterbacks, Joe Flacco's listed on here with the most likely 2020 status as retired saying, quote, nobody gets excited about Flacco, but if he wants to keep going, teams like the Eagles Packers could do worse than adding him as their backup. And certainly that would be an interesting scenario for the Denver Broncos, depending on how money works out for that way. I, I imagine that you know, it's free money. I don't know why he would retire, but certainly something to consider. Yeah, I think it, I'd be surprised if he retired just because what you said, he'd be passing up $23 million. And again, yes, the only teams that are going to want Flacco are probably teams looking for a backup. I think he's proven that he can't be that bridge quarterback this season, which makes him a backup now. And how many teams, you know, the Packers are already paying Rodgers $37 million a year. The Eagles are already paying Wentz $34 million a year. How many teams are going to want to go into the high 50s almost $60 million a year to have allocated to their quarterback position. I, I don't know how many teams could even afford that, uh, let alone would want to do yeah, it. Yeah, the only thing I could think of would be an ego situation with the idea of, hey, Joe, you're going to have to accept the backup position. And yeah. if you don't accept the backup position, retire. 
which would quite help the Broncos, but certainly, obviously, that's a decision that Joe Flacco would have to make. That'd be the best um, Christmas present. But that would be a decision, maybe in a scenario that could be very likely with the idea that Joe Flacco would not accept a backup position, and Denver would say, you know what, too bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too bad, because Drew Locke is the future. Let's say Flacco retires. That impacts, uh, I think, the third part of what Drew Locke's strong start uh, impacts with the Broncos. Uh they will have more money to wheel and deal in free agency than they have before. That way we've seen when he first came out, it was Demarcus Ware, Akeem Tlaib, TJ Ward, uh, Peyton Manning, of course, all these big name flashy moves. And I think now he'll finally have that money back again to make those big flashy moves. And I think you'll see the Broncos be a lot more active in free agency than they have since that uh, early John Elway's their early John Elway days. Certainly will be interesting to watch the Broncos and how the offseason develops and, of course, how this weekend develops even with the start against the Houston Texans. First road game for Drew Locke and, of course, a first big test for him against a very high-powered offense. We'll have to go motto a motto. I'm not trying to discredit what the Chargers have done this year, but certainly nothing like what Houston brings on offense. So, of course, it's the Broncos Woods Podcast presented by our friends over there at F14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. Be sure to go check out, of course, our coverage at milehighsports.com and stream the radio show Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. on Mile High Sports. Of course, that's 9 a.m. for our East Coast listeners and, of course, locally here in Denver at 104.7 on the dial, milehighsports.com, always streaming. And, of course, you can read up on the Broncos as well, too, including Zach's coverage, not only in the draft, but, of course, weekly, uh, whether it be the Broncos in the community or the Broncos on the field. A lot of great coverage from our friends over there at milehighsports.com. Uh, before we get out of here, Zach, where can they follow you on Twitter, and what do you have coming up this week? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore Seegers, S-E-G-A-R-S. And I've got a more in-depth look at, uh, you know, how that Drew Lock start uh, impacts the Broncos offseason. Uh, and again, more preview content working on that round table that will have uh, all of our predictions for the upcoming game. Uh, working on PFF preview, which looks at uh, what PFF says about the upcoming game. And then, of course, going over those three keys to the upcoming game. Cool. Very good. And of course, you can uh, follow myself on Twitter as well, too, at Ronnie K Radio. We'll be covering the uh, Houston Texans and Denver Broncos this weekend for Mile High Sports. That's it for the Broncos Blitz Podcast. Appreciate you always tuning in. If you want to find more archives of the Broncos Blitz Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, or of course at MileHighSports.com for great coverage, breaking news, player profiles, interviews, all that at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.